0: I'm Chad Ruthermans. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. Be heard. Today, we're going to be talking about Audio Surf, a game that was developed by Dylan Fitterer, uh, and published by Audio Surf LLC, and was released in 2008 on Windows and Zune HD.
1: Uh, but first, if you can give us a like or a rating. It would be greatly appreciated. So, Audio Surf is a.
0: Winamp Visualizer, uh, that you can play, and is the only game in history to have an exclusively ska-punk soundtrack. Uh,
1: yeah, um, (laughs) so, this game is a game that turns your, actually, like, accesses your music library, Mm -hmm. and turns, like, generates a, like, a, a level- uh, that's like a kind of a loose rhythm game uh, that's like set to the song. Um, and for 2008, uh, I thought I thought it was like the most novel thing at the time. Uh, you showed it to me at a LAN party, and I think I played it for like literally five hours straight. Yeah, it was a
0: it was a long night of just playing Audio Surf. Um, yeah, and that's kind of the interesting thing about Audio Surf. Realistically, like the the thing that you will know the game for is that it procedurally generates its stages based on songs that you choose from your library, and this poses some problems with the game when you look back on it as like a quality thing. But I think that the thing really about it that is the novelty and what is the selling point is that it's just like a very active way to engage with music. Um, in a way that I do really like, um, I'm a big rhythm games fan, um, but historically my favorite rhythm games have always been the plastic peripheral type of rhythm game. Whereas this game is a more accessible kind of rhythm game. Uh, and because all of the tracks aren't authored, uh, it's got like, there's a lot, there's a huge amount of stuff that you can make the game do that it may or may not want to do.
1: Yeah, like it, in the like related tab on Steam, <laughs> at least for me, it said S- game similar to Audio Surf, Sayonara Wild Hearts, <laughs> and I it it is a little similar in that you're kind of like just going on a track and moving between lanes. And I think we said similar things on that episode. It doesn't really like feel like a rhythm game in the traditional sense. <laughs> it's a little bit more like. I don't. I don't know, really know how to describe it. Like just a, as a general, just like music game. Like, you don't really need to like know or like anticipate the rhythm and be able to like accurately perform it in some way to play it, like you would with like a Guitar Hero or something of that nature. Yeah, that is just exactly correct. Like
0: the thing about Audio Surf that I think both is part of its success and its failure as a game is that that thing you don't have to be perfectly on rhythm to play it you can play it like any kind of action
1: game um because it's It's like it's almost a little bit more like a bullet hell like you have to like dodge (laughs) stuff and only hit the things that you want
0: yeah and we'll get into the the cognitive load that this game (laughs) can can require of you in a little second bit but Uh, It it is, like, it's very playable by people even who are not apt at, like, the rhythmic elements of rhythm games, Um, but then also it has the appeal of a rhythm game to some extent because it is, like, it's a game that's very focused on music. It literally does not exist without Mm -hmm. music, so. Uh, And I also want to mention, at least in the year of Our Lord 2022, uh, Audio Service, the you know, It is positioned in a really different place than it was when it came out, mm-hmm. uh, both technologically in that the game struggles a bit on modern hardware um, because it just hasn't really been updated uh, much in the last decade uh, since it came out, but then also with the advent of things like streaming services and YouTube music, not everybody just has a million MP3s laying around. Uh, I had to get music from you, mm-hmm. which is just music that has survived <laughs> since the days when everybody had MP3s. Yeah,
1: where mine had not survived. Yeah, I'm one of the only people I know that still has all their old music,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, for one reason or another. Um, I think it's just diligence. Yeah, like, I think I just because I got a MacBook in like 2010 and was able to just like sync my phone to it. Yeah, and I've just been able to keep it all ever since. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I know Audio Surf 2, that's one of, like, the big, um, advantages of It's that it you can just use YouTube, mm-hmm. and you can access any song through YouTube. Um, but from what I've read, gameplay-wise, people like it less, apparently, so I guess pros and cons. Um, I can't really speak to that myself. But yeah, like, I, I went through and just, like, grabbed a bunch of, uh, MP3s I knew that we this music we both like. Mm-hmm. Um, about I, was, I think it was like about a thousand songs, and then like, but a bunch of them like came in with like underscores in front of them, and just didn't work, which caused us a lot of confusion when trying to play it because uh, those just wouldn't would give you like a playback error for some reason.
0: Yeah, there I found so there, there was a lot of troubleshooting that had to be done <laughs> yeah. before we could actually <laughs> play the game, and there were a couple of like. Key elements that I found and then others that I still haven't been able to figure out. Um, I know that some of the songs that got included uh, were, the is a unique Mac thing. Uh. When you copy songs from, or copy files at all from a Mac to a, a Windows PC, mm-hmm. it generates these like, I don't know, I call them like receipt files. They're like little, I think they're for indexing mm. in Mac OS, but they don't exist in Windows, so they're just these hidden files that sit in any drive that you've put things on. Weird. Uh, and those were there, and selectable, because AudioServe can see them. Oh, okay, so that's what that was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then there were other issues that, like, people have had to do with the playback. I knew, like, QuickTime isn't really a thing people have anymore, or is supported, but you need it to play M4A files, so those were all gone. Uh, it was a real interesting, like... It's just technical issues smorgasbord in a way that you don't see with a lot of games
1: yeah and i I, i'm pretty sure this was the problem when i initially tried to play it it just opened um it it's like it it had like the icon on the taskbar and if you like moused over it it would like show a little window but it was just blank white and if you (laughs) clicked on it it didn't do anything like it was frozen good so it said that it was running you know like in the task manager but like it I couldn't access it, I guess. I don't know if it was or not. Uh, But it seemed to be that when I unhooked my laptop from my TV, so if you're using a second monitor, it might cause problems. So try launching it on just one first and then reconnecting the second monitor. It seemed to work. Yeah, this is like a whole thing. And like, it's weird because... It's almost like the game came out in 2008.
0: (laughs) But we've gone back to other games and like, and honestly, did have similar, not necessarily the same kind of technical problems, but this being an indie game at the time, and also the fact that it is something that accesses your computer's file system—that's the
1: big one, I think. Yeah,
0: really put a lot of uh, strain on the the current hardware. To yeah, like, be
1: like, does this still work? Like the recommended specs are like a PC with Windows XP or Vista. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
0: And like a lot of people would think, at least you know Windows XP or Vista or higher. Mm-hmm. Incorrect. <laughs> one of those two is ideal. I played this game originally on an XP machine. Yeah. So. Um. Anyway, audio surf the video game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. One of the things I think is interesting about audio surf the game. Uh. Part of it is that you. More so than anything else in maybe all of the world, uh, your taste in music can make this game harder or easier, depending on what you like to listen to, Uh, which I found very interesting uh, because we have a taste, like the taste that we have that overlap Mm -hmm. tend toward like punk rock and ska. Yeah, like the Tony Hawk's Pro
1: Skater soundtrack. Yeah, if
0: you think about the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, that's just us all the time. We live in a perpetual 1990s, Mm -hmm. uh, and all of those songs are really fast. And so the audio surf experience, especially on the higher difficulty levels, is like a blur. Everything is so quick. And will just fly at you at incredible speed, uh, which makes it really difficult to uh, use some of the, like, more intense uh, ca- characters. I want to talk about that, but mm-hmm. for now we'll just say characters. Like modes. Yeah. Um, and so, like, and when you drop back and play, like, a mid-tempo or a lower-tempo song, it does feel, like, a lot more manageable. Uh, and I don't think that I ever picked up on that when I played this game originally. I was just like, why is Audio surf so difficult <laughs> to wrap your head around? And it's because I was listening to, like, Agnostic Front when I was 16, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so it was just, like, these minute-and-a-half-long songs at 300 beats per minute. And I was like, this game's hard. It's like, no, you're an idiot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's something that I... It, it, it just sounds really like intuitive and straightforward when you say it you know Mm -hmm. like obvious but I never really thought about it much either because like I think I played maybe two songs that were slow and not really fast yeah (laughs) um and yeah like there's certain modes that are like really hard you're like how are you supposed to keep track of all this stuff (laughs) and it's because we yeah especially me like uh I, I have, like, a kind of, like, a very specific taste in music and don't like much outside of it that much. So most of the music I like is, like, really energetic and fast. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, my God, audio server is so fucking difficult. <laughs> it's the hardest game uh, ever made. How are you supposed to play on whatever, eraser, pointer, whatever, <laughs> the double mode?
0: Yeah. Um, Which I think that's a good thing to get into. Um, my first thing, and this is kind of a dumb note that I just want to make and see what you think about it. Um, I love this game sort of as a time capsule Mm -hmm. because in 2008, they, this game is essentially software to an extent. Like it's a thing that generates a track based on your songs it scans the track gets like the the general tempo and stuff and you can see it adjusting sort of in the middle and then populates a bunch of colored squares on beats for you to pick up uh but it needed to have like it made all of the modes people like things that had like A face and a a generally humanoid
1: look. Yeah, a little character.
0: And it's... I love that. Like, I love that a lot. In the way that, like, Frequency kind of did a similar thing. Where the... Even though it was just a rhythm game where you press three buttons, mm-hmm. you created a freak who was like a character, like a a character, and had a weird plot about like a space invasion or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's totally unnecessary, and nowadays they wouldn't do it at all. But the artifice that surrounds it, even if it is really minimal... I kind of love, it feels kishy a bit, like, and a little bit uh, old-timey, and I love that.
1: No, yeah, that's my jam. <laughs> I, I think games should always do stuff like that, as long as it doesn't, like, take away from, like, the core game at all, like, take too much time and money or whatever. Right. Um. Yeah, like, it's just a lot more interesting when you add, like, character to a thing, you know, rather than it just being, like, a super abstract whatever. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. yeah, there's very few things like uh like something like Tetris where the gameplay is just that easy to like get hooked into real hard that like adding stuff isn't necessary. Mm. Or not that it isn't. It isn't beneficial. Right. If you tried to add characters to Tetris it wouldn't add anything. But then if you take something like Pac-Man, you know, like the addition of like little characters and the ghosts have I think given it a lot more like pop cultural like staying power as a game
0: yeah and, and like people rem- I mean people remember Tetris but they don't I feel like there's a different reaction to a, a character versus a, a concept mm-hmm. you know like you've put a face to something uh, I don't necessarily think that AudioSurf really falls into that exact no. category, but it does, to me anyway, You only see them adds. on the menu, yeah. Yeah,
1: it adds to it, though, and I like that. Yeah, it's like, and another visual thing is, like, the, the, like the UI, like, the menus when you're in between songs. Like, it, they're so Windows XP, um, like, just, like, weird, like, uh old like uh like not web 1.0 but like you know somewhere little middle ground yeah. in there where they look like very like home brewed <laughs> in much less like aesthetically pleasing than they do now yeah
0: they have like a
1: real uh, like
0: they have different windows essentially that make up all the different parts of the menu and my personal favorite thing about it is the well, one, the tutorial menus that come up and also have a checkbox that says, like, don't show me the tutorials anymore mm-hmm. is like you're installing 7-Zip or something. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't, no, don't install unnecessary things, whatever. Like, the little checkbox that you have to mark. But uh, my favorite touch about it, though, is whenever you go to the leaderboard screen, there's just, like, a, a the thinnest little red arrow that points to where you would be on the leaderboard if you logged in. Oh, yeah. And it just cracks me up every time that I (laughs) see it, because it's just this,
1: like, little tiny arrow. Mm, I I actually did make an account and was was logged in while I was playing, so.
0: So Um, you just got put on the leaderboard? Yeah. You
1: didn't get to see the MS Paint arrow? I sure didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, But it it was funny, though, because, like, Well, because, like, any song that you played that was out when this game uh, came out, Mm -hmm. there will be the leaderboard and you mouse over them and it'll be, like, record set 14 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, unless it's a newer song, uh, yeah, all of them are set, like, 14, 15 years ago and are like
0: unbeatable. Mm-hmm. Potentially this, I know this was a big thing on the Xbox 360 and I don't know how much and I'm sure that it was a problem on PC as well. When mm-hmm. people would cheat. Yeah. And I don't know how much that would bleed into Audio Surf necessarily, but it's a high score game so it's possible. I don't want to say that I'm saying that the people who beat me on the leaderboards
1: were cheating. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: But I think that some of them may have been cheating.
1: Yeah, like just because the game is so old, I have the top score in a couple of songs now, just because no one's ever played them before. Hell yeah! I uh... <laughs> like. I think we all become from the Transistor soundtrack mm-hmm. uh, is one that I, I'm <laughs> the world <laughs> record holder. If you want to go break it, yep, go yep, if I can <laughs> slay that record. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually post anything to the leaderboard, though. I did like glance at some of the leaderboards, and I did see like a couple names repeating, which I mm-hmm. like. There's a guy out there who spent some time on Audio Surf, just going and playing some old Sponge tracks, and like I see, I like the Cut of Your Gym guy, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and so it was fun to kind of see because I I don't I even engaged with a leaderboard. I mean, debatably ever, but at the very least, not since Rock Band 3, uh, there's never been a game that I was like, oh, I got to get up. I got to be like a world famous gamer. Mm-hmm. Uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not a competitive person, really, like almost at all. Mm-hmm. So I've never really engaged with the leaderboard. So I just found it amusing yeah. that I could be number one in a song <laughs> just because it's a newer one. Yeah, and it's amusing to go back and actually look at a leaderboard now. Mm-hmm. I, it's just a fun, especially well, one that hasn't really updated in so long—in a decade, yeah, yeah.
0: or more. Uh, so we're talking about playing Audio Surf. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can do that now. <laughs> uh, so, as far as I'm concerned, there are two Audio Surf games inside of Audio Surf One, and it is all of the characters. And then just Mono. Those are the two characters in the game. Everybody. And then the other one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think it's such a stark difference in how you play and how everything happens that I do feel like it needs to be talked about separately. Um, I prefer Mono. I do too. I think most people probably do uh, in the long run because it's just... I mean, I can tell you exactly why I prefer Mono, and it's because it's the one that is closest to a regular rhythm game, where you just have obvious goals, and you your goal is to do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And every other character, there's a lot of freestyling that you can do to like amp your score up and whatever. But on Mono, it's just, hit all the colored ones, don't hit any of the gray ones, the end. Mm-hmm. And if you do that perfectly, you've gotten the best score you can on that level, Um, and that appeals to me as somebody who likes the rhythm games for that, like, repetition and perfection aspect of them. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I I think I, I also, I mean, I agree with that, but, like, another appeal to it for me is that, like, you set it up top. It's like a Winamp visualizer or, like, a... I think I had, like, Windows Media Maker or mm-hmm. Media Player did, like, the similar thing. It's, like, it, do, it gives you, like, a visualized representation <laughs> through, like, just, like, a color spectrum or whatever of the song that you're playing. And Mono is the easiest one to just kind of, like, put on and just kind of, like, veg out to the song. Yeah. To just, like, it's the one, like... One of the big things, like, especially returning to this, um, that I liked about playing it on mono specifically is, like, when I was younger, I used to just be able to put on music and then just, like, lay on my bed and do nothing but listen to the music. Mm -hmm. And I used to really like to do that. And it's something I can't do anymore. (laughs) Uh, Even if I wanted to try, I don't really have the time for it. So, like, I think... That this is, like, nostalgic almost, uh, because, like, I'm able to just, like, play the song, and it feels, like, more engaging to my brain like music was when I was younger, Mm -hmm. I think. I don't know. No, I I entirely agree with that. Because so, like, there's a lot of songs that I really like that I have listened to to death and can't, don't really like to listen to much anymore. And I could play them in audio surf, and it kind of like brings back that enjoyment of it.
0: Yeah, I always felt kind of a similar way about the Guitar Hero games. Like less so because they demand a little bit more of your attention than audio surf on mono does, uh, because you do uh is i don't know just there's a lot more stuff going on it requires a lot more dexterity from both hands um but surf gives that same sort of like active listening experience that you don't get when you just put on headphones and most of the time and i would be surprised if somebody out there said that this is not ever how it is to me it's like you never listen to music by itself anymore the part of the reason why I got like a turntable and started like collecting vinyl is because it is like it's a tactile thing to do while listening to music. So you have this like you can actually take the time to think about the music when you're like putting the record on and stuff. But then also with that, once you put it on, then you go sit and you're like, uh, what do I do
1: to, uh, to occupy myself? It makes it feel like more of like a like a classy or like more of an event thing. Like I'm gonna put on a record. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna put on it, audio.
1: Sir. Yeah, it makes it feel more special.
0: Yeah, I think we just live in of a high octane, high anxiety
1: uh, time. Yeah, these too many days. things vying for our attention.
0: Yeah, that you can't just like sit down and listen to a album. So I only like listen to music when I'm playing audio surf, or when I'm in uh-huh. the car, you know, like it's rare that I'll put it on otherwise. Um, and it just feels weird. This is an old, we're now in old people yeah. territory here, but,
1: <laughs> well, I mean, this is a old people game. It is. Yeah.
0: This uh, <laughs> 60 years from now, kids will be like, uh, Oh, all you old folks listening to music on audio surf." <laughs> And we've got our holodeck 6,000s. <laughs> um, anyway, then there's the other characters. Yes. <laughs> this is where I Do Surf actually is the hardest game ever made. Um, the way that this works, and, like, I see how the idea came about. Because it is like a match-three game, like a match-three puzzle game, mm-hmm. where the music is the descending blocks, and so you kind of have to hit the blocks that you want on your board but you're looking at this like 3 by 9
1: maybe grid uh yeah something like that
0: yeah it's like a big
1: grid that you pick blocks up yeah. and they fall on yeah and the 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 different blocks just like fill out the grid yeah and
0: then you have
1: the colors
0: of each block of which i think there's like 7 you've got like your black and white blocks mm-hmm. and then Blue, purple, yellow, green, red—I mm-hmm. think—are the, all the other ones. Um, and so you have all of these colors, and you—the what the game wants you to do—is make an informed decision for the hundreds of blocks on the track in a three-minute song mm-hmm. to hit only the ones that you want in the grid in that location to make groupings like big as many as you can of a single color uh similar to how like tetris attacks works um and it's really 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 hard to do that and then they add additional mechanics on top of it yeah
1: yep yeah it's just it yeah it, when, <laughs> like we said earlier like if you listen to a fast song it's like impossible i i think if you if you picked a bunch of songs and made your own difficulty curve. Uh-huh. Like, you, you pick, like, these are some really slow songs I'm going to put in there, and then some medium, and, like, you broke it down uh-huh. and, like, scaled up. You could probably do it, but that would take a lot of effort. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, or I guess if you just play this game for, like, a thousand hours or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it is so difficult. Like, I could play, like, there's, like, casual, m- medium, and hard. Like, it's yeah. elite pro and something else yeah elite pro casual yeah and casual so the middle like the regular normal difficulty is pro Mm -hmm. and i could play like eraser and pointer on those by like (laughs) what my strategy for it was like just pick up blue and purple blocks (laughs) because there's that's the most of them yeah and then in like the intense parts as it says uh when red ones show up go for those that was basically my strategy and i could get through songs pretty well on that mm-hmm. but i was not engaging with their specific mechanics of erasing and shuffling and whatever yeah um but yeah like the only one that like i could play well is mono and i could play that one on elite difficulty right um but it did get pretty hard on some, certain songs um the hardest song I think I played was My Girlfriend's on Drugs oh, yeah. by Big D and the Kid's Table, which gets pretty intense in spots and is like pretty wild. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to dodge all the gray blocks on that one.
0: Yeah, in case you thought we were lying about this game having an exclusively po- er, uh, Scott Punk soundtrack, uh, I think the hardest song that I played during the time that I spent with it was Trapped in a Box by uh, No Doubt. Uh, and it's just these songs that have, like, a really jaunty, high-tempo uh, sort of thing, too, that makes it just so fucking hard uh, to avoid everything. And it's weird because, like, I was able to... Because the game doesn't have a fail state, technically speaking. It's all just what your score is at the end of the song. So if you die, quote-unquote, like, the the grid fills... Yeah, you
1: just have to respawn. Yeah,
0: which just takes some time. In casual mode, you don't even have to do that. It just, like... Uh, response instantly but you lose points um but yeah it's just like it's discouraging though like when you're when you look at it you go i can't figure out what i'm supposed to be doing at all with this uh and i'm sure there are people out there who can yeah like there's a breed of people who are who is just capable of this kind of stuff uh but it ain't me and, uh, I, yeah, I found Eraser to be the easiest one of the non-mono to play on, on Elite. Yeah. Because it just had the ability to, like, just suck some stuff up and remove it from the, uh, the queue so you were able to more, like, comfortably think about stuff. But it's just, it's so much to keep in mind at one time. Like, cause you have to think, like, cause the rhythm, while it doesn't function like it does in a Guitar Hero game where you have to be hitting things on beat, it is the beat does tell you when you're going to be picking up the blocks. And sometimes they're so clustered together that that actually is helpful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you just sort of have to think about the song. And also, you pick the song, you want to be thinking about the song, uh, because you like it. You said, I like this song, let's do it. Uh, So that's one element of it. But then you also have to think about the colors on the track, what's coming up and how you're going to make matches inside of the grid, and then also whatever weird superpower your character has. And it is just, like, a, a nightmare. It's so hard to to keep keep in mind.
1: Yeah, like, I think for the average person, like, jumping in with songs as fast as we were playing, like, it's impossible Yeah, to make matches. Like... 40 blocks will go by and you will have like not noticed anything that's happened in the grid. Like, you know, like you'll be like, like, like I said, I don't know if you relate to it at all. Like I was kind of just focusing on like to pick two colors and just go for those and Mm -hmm. avoid the others. And most of the time that will result in you making matches and not overflowing. Yeah. Uh, But you will fuck it up. And like, there will be times where you're just like going through like a, Particularly dense part, and it's just like you're like uh, trying to like concentrate <laughs> on like not hitting the you know like the yellow blocks or whichever ones you're not trying to hit, and it'll just be like <laughs> like you've refilled and you didn't even notice, yep, or overflowed. Um, yeah, it can it's just very difficult with fast songs, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yeah, and that's the other thing is like because it's all of these notes coming at you at once. And a grid. If you stop paying attention to one of them, the other one suffers.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's
0: not like the grid is helping you make informed decisions. You ain't looking at the grid because if you're looking at the grid, then you aren't looking at what's on the track, and then you're fucking up the grid by picking up other things that are ruining your score. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a re- it's a very strange experience to to play because it is like simultaneously. Something that's really easy to jump into and impossibly difficult to understand, like, at a, what I would consider, like, a competent level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why Mono is great. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it
1: is easy to parse. Yeah.
0: I also kind of like playing... This is a weird thing. I kind of like playing Double Vision, the one where you have two cars, mm-hmm. on casual, because you can just pick up every block and it won't matter, and so it feels more like a traditional rhythm game where you hit all the notes, mm. so you can kind of try and just get everything, and like, occasionally you'll overflow. Oopsie. But who cares? Like, you're playing uh, some shit-ass song from 30 years ago on audio surf on Baby Difficulty. Mm-hmm. So, like, you don't care what your score is. Um, so I did
1: find that to be a little bit fun. Yeah, but I can't I say that I tried that I played Double Vision on Pro Mm. difficulty once, and I was like, oh my god.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I actually think that's probably the step. Like There's a secret hidden difficulty, which is casual, and then in between casual and Pro is pro double vision but actually with two people because it does become
1: manageable it did say that when you pick it like for its tutorial is like you could play as one person or grab a friend Uh uh-huh uh yeah because you can you control one side with the mouse and the other side with the keys yeah
0: so it becomes like when two people because what it does is actually halves or the board yeah it splits it i think it becomes a six row I think that sounds Or maybe sounds it's right. four. I forget. And so it, it actually lessens the cognitive load on each player, but you do have to kind of work together for those middle two rows. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, like, it's, yeah, it's pretty pretty good
1: uh, for that <laughs> if you did it. We didn't. Let us know. Yeah. If only we added uh, more slow songs to the list. <laughs> And and maybe tried playing it together. Yeah, but alas,
0: I don't know. I played a few slow songs. The yeah,
1: like I did a couple. Uh, but it was I probably played them all on mono. Yeah, it didn't really test out (laughs) the other difficulties.
0: I found that they were still fairly overwhelming, at least on the harder difficulties. Mm -hmm. Um, do we have frequency falling block thoughts?
1: Uh, my falling block <laughs> thoughts are. God, I feel like I've already laid out all my final thoughts. Um, I guess I'll just recap them here. Um, in, this... in summation. Yeah, in summation. Um, <laughs> as I said earlier, uh, you showed me this game in 2008, probably, at a land party in high school. And I, like, fucking loved it at the mm-hmm. time. It, it was so novel. Uh, like, it sounds like a an idea you would have, like, oh, like, why doesn't someone make a rhythm game that can just use your MP3s uh, for the music and the game? But, like, that wouldn't actually exist. Like, it would just be a hypothetical. Uh, but this actually does exist, um, which was super cool at the time, and is still cool today. Um, and it made such an impression on me that we are here talking about it now. Like, mm. I, I, I was just always like, oh, fuck yeah, audio surf. Um, and I never really had a computer, uh, like a PC, uh, to play games on until like a couple years ago. So I never revisited it. Yeah. So it kind of like has this like a uh, nostalgic sheen in my mind. Um, coming back to it today. Yeah. It was made in 2008. It hasn't really been <laughs> updated or supported, um, in a way that makes it easy to play now. Um, but I still enjoyed it. Like, as I said, like it, it is like playing a Winamp Visualizer. Like, it, it has a lot of that appeal of just seeing, like, at least it, as it did in the late 90s, of just, like, seeing a song visually represented in a cool rainbow style. <laughs> um, and, yeah, you can just kind of put it on and play, like, a simple rhythm game to it, or a very complicated one. Um, and it, there, there is just a lot of appeal in that, and if you don't really, like... Um, if you've kind of fallen a little out of love with music or, like, you can't enjoy it in the way you used to when you were, like, a teenager, like, this is something that can, like, help kind of recapture that feeling. And that's its biggest appeal to me now. Um, Maybe I'll jump into this and play a song every now and then. Um, I'm going to have some more free time back in my life uh, shortly, so maybe I'll actually play this a little bit more. But who knows?
0: Yeah, I think... uh... That's pretty correct. What are we talking about next time? <laughs> um, the <laughs> There's an element of audio surf, I think, that is still alive today. And that it. is that it, there isn't quite anything that is like it because of the time it came out. I believe, to the best of my understanding, that there are other games that use your music in order to create a, a track... Um, not to mention the fact that there is a whole burgeoning community of people who track rhythm games like Clone Hero or Friday Night Funkin', no,
1: like Beat Saber, then
0: like Beat Saber and stuff in uh, as like a hobby to the point where now it's difficult to find a song that isn't represented, um, or at least enough of them that you could play forever without ever getting bored. Um, but Audio Surf just directly uses songs. You could go to your basement. With a couple friends and record a song and then go play it on Audio Surf, like and we did that and we did
1: do that, but with <laughs> fifteen years in between, yeah. But that is part
0: of the appeal of it. It's it is infinitely customizable. It's funny to to like put in a song that's like 25 minutes long and just do an endurance <laughs> run. Like there's a lot of elements of it that hark back to that sort of like old computing days where you have a tool that serves a purpose and is good. And then you find the limits of it. It was fun to mess around back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I think audio surf feels like a messing around kind of uh, rhythm game. Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be rounding out the genre that we've covered every game in, probably, uh, and playing new Pokemon Snap uh, on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, you, You know what it is. I know what it is. We all know what it is. So just show up. You know you want to. Snap
1: that like button. Snap
0: that Xerneas. <laughs> <laughs> it's not how the podcast ends. <laughs> Until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on pro. There you can find links to our Twitter account, our email address, the YouTube channel, and all of our old episodes, including episodes... On Sayonara Wild Hearts, which Steam insists is similar to this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Persona
1: 5, it's got a good soundtrack.
0: (laughs) I played Uh, a Persona 5 (laughs) song in audio surf. Yeah.
1: um, A Guitar Hero Rock Band episode? Yeah. That's about it. Yep. That is Sayonara Wild Uh Hearts. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Go check them out. They're great episodes. (laughs) Have a listen. All right. Surf that comment section ring that bell and create some beautiful music <laughs> and then play it in audio Serve. <laughs> goodbye goodbye we have a first here in the released on category <laughs>
0: oh yeah mm-hmm. no way it's a first Was it released on, like, those toothbrushes that play songs or something?
1: No, you'll see.
0: Something less useful than that?